0: They told David, chapter 23, verse 1, The Philistines are fighting in Kileah, and they are looting and threshing floors. So David asked Yahweh, Should I go and strike down these Philistines? And Yahweh said to David, Go, strike down the Philistines and deliver Keilah. So Keilah is right here. And they're being attacked by the Philistines because that's what the Philistines always do in the entire reign of Saul. But especially so because Saul is not even trying to make an effort anymore. He's hunting David. But what do you notice? What does David do? He, he goes to God. Now, this is the first time he's gone to God since he's gone on the run. Now, two reasons. One, on a very practical way, he now has the ephod. Now, we're going to be told that later just in a few sentences. But Abiathar, when he got away, he brought the breastplate of the priest with the urim and the thummim in it, the ability to talk to God. So before, David was kind of on his own. He didn't have that easy access to communicating to God like we have today or that the priests would have because it was with Saul under his authority, so to speak. Now he has a direct means of talking to God for the first time ever. But at the same time, he might have been hitting rock bottom, too. Everywhere you're running, Saul keeps finding you. Nothing is working out for you. And you're sent away because Achish finds out about you. Saul finds out about you. The the prophet comes to you in Moab and sends you back. And then now you probably realize, wow, Saul is way more committed to my death than I ever thought before. If David was scared, I must certainly be way more scared now. I mean, Saul has basically moved theological mountains to try to kill david and that is horrifying to know if he was willing to do that to the priest what is he going to do to you now at this moment david might be at total rock bottom of his own resources they're not working out for him anymore and is on his own and he goes to god but at the same time what's interesting is david is also employing abiathar to be his priest and god says that family is not allowed to be priests anymore so David's making the same mistake that Saul did. I would think he would know because the prophecy on Eli's house would have been pretty widespread. As much as people like to think, that God is not always as rigid as we sometimes feel either. And sometimes he's also willing to work. I mean, if he's willing to allow a king in that kind of way that he didn't really want to accomplish some purposes, then he seems to be somewhat flexible here because he's still working through Abiathar by allowing him to talk. So David sees this need in Kiliah being attacked. But David's men, verse 3, said to him, We are afraid. While we are still here in Judah, what will it be like if we go to Kiliah against the armies of the Philistines? He says, look, we're not safe here in Judah. Now, why is David hanging out in Judah so much? Of all the places he can run in the entire land, why is he just kind of circling in this area? His His family's there. Remember, he is from the tribe of Judah. And yet he's got the entire land he can go up to in the north. He's got to go through Benjamite territory to get there, and he's with the other tribes, and they might not be as faithful to him as your own tribe. Your tribe is probably more likely to oppose the king to protect you than any other tribe does. So he's hanging out there, and they're like, look, if we feel very unsafe in Judaite territory, how much more unsafe are we going to be when we go into the Philistine territory? Now, yes, this purple shows that Saul is controlling this at this moment, but remember... When we're talking about the time period of Judges and Saul, these maps are in total flux all the time. I mean, this is the best that we can do kind of in general, overall. Saul had control of this area, but that doesn't mean at this moment in this part of his reign, he has absolute control. And we know that everything is very flexible right now. So the Philistines are there and they're scared to go. So David asked Yahweh once again, but again, Yahweh replied, Arise, go down to Kilah, And then he adds, For I will give the Philistines into your hand. So David and his men went to Kilah, and they fought the Philistines. He took away their cattle and thoroughly defeated them, and David delivered the inhabitants of Kilah. Now remember, I told you one of the things the, the, the director, the narrator, is going to do is this interchange between Saul and David in order to compare and contrast them. So, what point is the narrator making with these two stories? What has Saul just done, and what has David just done? Destroying the city. Okay, good. But what's the difference between them? One, David is asking God whether he should kill or not. And Saul is not. What's the other thing? And he's killing the Philistines and not his own people. In fact, David is delivering. His people. So what is the purpose of the book of Samuel? True leadership is submitting to the will of Yahweh as ultimate king. Is David doing that? Yes. He's seeking out the ultimate king. And when the king says go and attack, he's doing it. Is David perfect? No. But does he desire to know what God wants and desire to execute it? Yes. Remember, this is the, the narrator's, every, this is the purpose of the book. So everything the narrator is doing is going to be making this argument. And one of the ways he's showing that David is the more of the rightful king than Saul is by developing David as that man who seeks out God. And as that man who submits to Yahweh. Unlike Saul. And this is why he has the right to be the anointed king. So he delivers him. Verse 6, chapter 23. Now when Abiathar, son of Ahalemalek, had fled to David to Kiliah, he had brought with him the ephod. This is how we know David was able to communicate with God. When Saul was told that David had come to Kiliah, Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand, for he has boxed himself into a corner by entering a city with two barred gates. So Saul mustered all his army to go down to Kiliah and besiege David and his men. Saul sees it as, God has given David to me. Which God are we talking about? Good question. Sometimes the narrator uses Elohim and Yahweh to emphasize the fact, like with Rachel, that Leah is using the word Yahweh, meaning that she knows Yahweh and has a relationship with him. Where Rachel is using the word Elohim, which means it could be probably any god, especially when we find out that there's idols here, and that she brings into the family. However, and this is all based on context. Sometimes the narrator uses the word God, Elohim, and Yahweh, not to emphasize that Saul is worshiping a different God, but that he has no relationship with God. Probably in this context, the prophet chose Saul. Saul, the prophet, has condemned Saul. The prophet represents God. He has tried to pray to God multiple times. God has not answered. He's going to go to God again later in his life, and God is not going to answer. In that case, we probably can correctly interpret that Saul is still God. Maybe he has a few extra idols on the side, but in this context, he's probably referring to the God of Israel. However, Elohim is being used to emphasize that what makes Yahweh unique, that name, is it emphasizes not only his sovereignty, but his relationship, his relationalness. So the narrator probably here is using it less than a different God and more of a Saul's completely absent of a relationship and truly knowing Yahweh in a personal way. That would be more like people that you have in your church that they would say they're worshiping our God, but when you talk to them, you're like, "Eh, you don't really understand who God is, though. So whatever that is in your head is not Yahweh, even though you think it is. So it's probably more something like that, like Jephthah, when he's using the name Yahweh, but... He's sacrificing his daughter to him. Yeah. Verse 9. When David realized that Saul was planning to harm him, he told Abiathar the priest, Bring me the ephod. Then David said, O oh, Yahweh, God of Israel, knows he's going to God again. Your servant has clearly heard that Saul is planning to come to Kileo to destroy the city because of me. Will the leaders of Kileo deliver me into his hand? Will Saul come down to your servant, has heard. And Yahweh, God of Israel, please inform your servant. And Yahweh said, He will come down. And David asked, Will the leaders of Kiliad deliver me into the, my men to Saul's hand? And Yahweh said, They will deliver you over. That's jacked up. Somebody just comes in and rescues you from the Philistines. Saul has never done that for you, and you're going to betray them. But at the same time, it is emotionally understandable because they're probably just absolutely afraid of Saul and the army that's coming. It's wrong. But it's understandable. doesn't make it right, but it's understandable. And I think that's hard for us sometimes. It's like, there's nothing wrong with saying, I understand why you did what you did, and I sympathize with you, and my heart goes out with you, but at the same time, you're wrong. We typically want to just say, you're wrong, and not sympathize in any kind of way. Or we typically sympathize and then justify and excuse the sin away. But that's not what Christ does. That's not what God does. They understand, they sympathize, and they come along your side, But they still call it what it is, like the woman who was caught in adultery. He sympathized with her, understood her, realized where she came from, the woman at the well, but he still said, it's wrong. And that's a hard tension to maintain. So Kila is definitely wrong, but it's understandable because they're just a small little village and David's just a few men in abandons, and they're not going to last forever because they're running all over the land. And Saul's a giant army, and David will not always be there. And they're just scared. They're operating out of fear. But notice that God warned him because David went to Yahweh. 13. So David and his men who numbered about 600 set out and left Kiliah. They moved around from one place to another, and when they told that David had escaped from Kileah, Saul called a halt to his expedition. David stayed in the strongholds that were in the desert in the hill country of the desert, Ziph, a little further south of Kilia. Saul looked for him all the time, but God did not deliver David into his hand. God is protecting David. David realized that Saul had come to seek out his life. That time, David was in Horath in the desert, Ziph. Then Jonathan, son of Saul, left and went to David at Horesh, encouraged him through God. She so said to him, Don't be afraid, for the hand of my father Saul cannot find you. You will rule over Israel, and I will be your second in command. Even my father Saul realizes this. When the two of them had made a covenant before Yahweh, David stayed at Horesh, but Jonathan went to his house. This is cool that even after all this is going on, Jonathan still convinced that God is with David. David hasn't really been convinced of it all that time. But remember, sometimes it's sometimes easier to see that on the outside than when you're in the midst of it. But what the sad part is, he says, when you become king, I'll be your right-hand man. And we know what's coming. And that's not true. Then the Ziphites went to Saul at Gibeah and said, isn't David hiding among us in the strong heads of Horesh on the hill country of Hakalah, south of Jesermim? Now at your own discretion, O king, come down. Delivering him into the king's hand will be our responsibility. So this is another group of Israelites who are going to hand David over. You understand that the politics of this are so charged, just like America. Nothing is simple. The politics are just so charged, so emotional, so political, so fear-based, so opportunistic, whatever you want to call it, it's just everything. So David went up from there, and he stayed in the strongholds of Engedi. Now, he's along the Dead Sea here. Engedi is right here. Engedi is lush and totally green, and these waterfalls and that kind of stuff. And this is where David goes to hide. David is on the run. Now, here's the other thing, too, you need to understand. Is David's life comfortable right now? But is God with him and taking care of him? Yes. Yes. We don't like that as Americans. (laughs) We don't like that as humans, but we especially don't like that as Americans. We want God's version of taking care of us to also be comfortable.